0: Now I'm also recording. Cool, we can um, pretend it starts here. Actually, yeah, we, we can you can actually start regular style as well. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll do my intro. Hello, your name is Doug Vandelay and this is Comedy Zeitgeist. <laughs> Today I'm your guest, Curtis, and I'm taking over.
1: <laughs> over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandelay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vanderlei. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9 here for the first 30 minutes of the show. Based on the people we work with, I tend to believe there's no such thing as grown-ups. I'm joined today by Curtis Carey.
0: How's it going, Curtis? Through the air, across the ocean for the first time. Not the first time, but yeah, it's pretty good, pretty great. I'm on the other side of the country I already forgot about that. Uh, you're, you're through the woods and, and over the hills, and uh, away we go. Intro there that uh, is also very like uh, I almost wanted to say Wizard of Oz, um, the Candy Factory guy, Willy Wonka ish, with the boat, or just like ooh, it's it's still fun. It's it's you know it's describing a nice place, but it has that kind of a, a horror ish feeling to it, where it's like oh, comedy is scary. <laughs> I haven't heard that take on it before, but I like that. But uh, but it's mostly, like, just your calm reading of it that I'm just like, I immediately, the, the first, whatever words you say uh, give me an instant, I want to say, Twin Peaks feeling, or just one of those, like the the uh, Mulder and Scully going into a town they don't normally go to, and then suddenly, oh, man, they're going to lose time. We're going to lose time, aren't we? Oh, snaps. We're definitely getting abducted, or monsters, or the whole town is against us. I don't even know. Um, but then, you know, if I actually listen and don't just listen to my own imagination, as I often do, which is why I ruin books for myself, Uh, and just hear, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he's just describing how wonderful and beautiful Vancouver is. This is not the let me lure you in with something nice and then scare you Stephen King situation. (laughs) Well, maybe it's a bait and switch. We don't know yet. But exactly. um, Like I said so far, listening to the few episodes, just like this is so so interesting and so exciting because you are the type of person that I am not – where you're just like, oh, I'm booking guests, I'm booking people, like doing the the Streamlabs podcast and these other things that you do, uh, it feels like you always just kind of mention, oh, I reached out to this streamer, or I reached out to this. In my eyes, like anybody who is anything worth reaching out to is scary. And I'm just like, and then I just can't. If it's anybody that I feel like in their eyes they'd be reaching out to me, um, I would be like, Oh, yeah, of course, like, I'll give you all of my time and, and energy, like, no big deal at all. Um, but I can't seem to to break that barrier, do the same thing. Um, it's, it's very, I don't know. Uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. Um, I probably
1: only get about 5% replies from all of the feelers I send out.
0: Oh, yeah that's the that's the even scarier thing is is that's it like the same reason I I dread my Instagram and love it my my YouTube the podcast everything under that no such thing as grown-ups uh, umbrella that we have over here um I, I love them all because they give me the ability to just be like I can just do whatever I want I can make a little animated short I can do a little storytelling session and call it something to do with grown-ups and this and that uh, or how there's no grown-ups and, and it's great, and it's fun, and I, you know, I'm the best at that because I'm the only one, because I invented it, but when, you know, not 100,000 people, or not 10,000 people, or not 100 people look at the thing, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm the only one doing it, and that's why, because nobody else would do it, it's kind of stupid, oh, damn it, but you gotta, you know, Wayne Gretzky, you gotta, you gotta take 100 shots, because, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and, and just, that's, that, that perseverance that ability to to actually spread that net out um is terrifying like i've i've written a bunch of stuff and it's like well why don't you send it to publishers it's like because i did send it to like five publishers once and none of them said anything and then you know i went under a pile of blankets for a week and just figured i'm never going to write anything again i'm stupid and um and then you know you you build your confidence back up and just the fact that, you know, in order to do this every week that, yeah, it's like, oh, wow, like you definitely don't give up. You just keep doing it. And uh, and again, it's like it's people like you and and, you know, a lot of just stand up comedians in general that give me the, um, I don't know, encouragement, the, the whatever it is that everybody needs, the, that, that reason to be like, you don't need a reason to do stuff if wanting to do the thing is enough reason to do the thing, and then it is just a matter of, can you do that thing without murdering or robbing or stabbing people? Like, then go for it. Those are the only real rules in the world. Just don't murder any people. Don't bring dinosaurs back to life. And and entertain people. Like, that's it. And that same thing, like, that upsets me with, I don't know, I I forget now already if this was off mic or not, but my, my problem with Facebook is, and most of social media now is that it's become not a venue to make jokes about everything and just enjoy life to the funniest degree. It's just a place to go, hey, here's a list of how everything's bad. Everyone feel bad now? Awesome. We're all on the same page. And hey, has it affected everything? Like, it sure has. Like, what's a comedy on Netflix? Like, the saddest thing in the world. It's like, it's still funny, but I still also feel terrible. Like, you know, like Russian Doll is still funny, you know, uh, uh, Orange is the New Black, like, those are comedies, but at the same time, I'm like, my heart is being ripped out from minute one to the end. Horrible things are happening. We're dealing with very serious dark issues. And and again, even like Shameless or whatever, I'm like, I can't watch that show at all. I was like, that that makes me way too sad, but, but I get it. I get how... It's absurdly sad, but on the surface of it, it's actually real-life sad. So, huh? But then, again, whatever. Not to go into politics, but it uh, escalates into, well, now this cartoon character is running a country, and everything else kind of in comparison is like, well, now everything's a joke, but by not having to make jokes about it, you just have to point it out? I don't know. I guess... Uh, without even allowing you to ask any questions, Doug, um, this is what I do on my podcast with hey, Tara, it's all, it's all, and she, she forces uh, it's all her way easy in. <laughs> for me.
1: I knew I wouldn't have to write too many questions today. Uh, well, I'm the worst. Let, that's let's, uh, about no, it's it's great. It's uh, one of the reasons I reached out to you. I was like, mm. I think I think Curtis can talk for an hour and a half without me having to do any work. <laughs> but oh, anyway, God, you yeah. mentioned no such thing as grown-ups. Uh, mm-hmm. From what I can tell, it's a Twitch stream slash audio podcast slash YouTube show. Uh, What can you tell us about it specifically?
0: Specifically, uh, I don't know, like a thousand years ago, I would basically just do this and have my own little office where I'd supervise for children's animated television in Canada. Uh, Just do some animation supervising and people would hang out in my office every once in a while. And they just get me to tell stories about things, but I didn't realize that's what they were doing. I thought we were just hanging out like friends, and I mean we were, but still, it was like, oh, this is also a game to get to these weird sidetracky stories that kind of go off, and then I'm like tirading. and then I have you know do sneak in weird little tags and punchlines. But as far as I know, I'm just I'm just talking, and uh, eventually. You know the, the existence of podcasts becomes a thing and and aside from that like even the other people saying like oh this should be a radio show like this should be a radio show like that's not a thing people don't just hang out on the radio and tell weird dumb stories and then people are like podcasts like i can't afford an ipod i don't know what you're talking about go away and then eventually it's just like no curtis you can have, like, a podcast. You just listen to it on your computer. It has nothing to do with iPods, I promise you. And finally, somebody convinced me to listen to a few podcasts. I'm like, oh, cool. So anybody can have a radio show. Like, I kind of always wanted that. But, again, I don't know anything about sound, really. My, my sound class just confused me in school, and I focused mostly on animation. And and my friend Mike, uh, who worked with us there for a little while at Streamlabs, he was like, no, 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 like this has to happen. He was like, if not, I just want to record this for myself. So he brought in some audio gear and him and our friend Ben tried to figure out how to make podcasts work. Like this is back in the days when you didn't just download a podcast app and you were a podcast. You had to you had to wire things that weren't meant to go be wired together. You had to get programs to feed into the, the RSS feed. You had to create an RSS feed. Like things just didn't exist. You had to make them. And Ben sat there like, I don't know. I'm like, no, Ben, like, you're the producer. You're the tech guy. I was like, I am not taking care of this. Like, I say this at every job, like, a thousand times a day, basically. And I know you've heard it a thousand times. i like, don't make me a programmer. I don't want to be a programmer. It's too much wizardry. And I just can't handle all the magic codes. I just can't. I already have too many weird things in my head. I can't add that as well. And... Uh, and Ben just fought with it, fought with it. He's like, I just don't get it. It's like, I, I feel like I've, I've made this thing. I've made that thing. I can't seem to Voltron them together into a podcast that goes out to the internet. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. But we started recording things and I got into it. And I'm like, well, ah, sweet, damn it, Ben. Move aside. And then I stayed up pretty much all night one night until it was there. It's a podcast. It goes out into the world. Now the weird things that I say are on record somehow and this is insane what are we doing like and then we would meet every week and back then it was dear internets which was just the same thing that I always just say it's like whatever it is everybody I just want everybody to know that you don't have to be this version of a grown-up that you think it's you're supposed to be everybody has that hey I'm gonna I'm gonna be just like dad or i'm gonna be just like this guy on the tv or whatever and these are the steps and this is you know this is what sitcoms lead us to believe and I'm like ah, sitcoms are usually just pointing out how those things are silly and crazy and the people that make them are usually living their lives you know i mean it's a it's a hashtag living my best life or whatever that everybody says now but it is just that you know at no such thing as grown-ups on that current podcast uh, we often say, uh, hashtag hammock life. Like, I'm just trying to get that hammock life. Like, what does that mean? For me, I, my idea of just being the king of the world is having a, a yard, even not even a yard, having a cool weird room with some that comes in that I can sit in the hammock and maybe write down stories and ideas, whether anybody sees them or I use them. Uh, doesn't matter. Just that I can do this. People only message me when I'm recording things. All right, sound off. And um, and it is just like it's not about being super rich. So it's like, oh, you mean your hammock on your yacht? Like, no, I don't want to clean a yacht. I don't want to deal with a yacht. I don't necessarily need a pool or servants or, you know, any of that stuff. It, it's I, I'm just trying to be rich with creative time to make and do things and put together shows of some kind, be it podcasts or now live streams, uh, every Tuesdays at, uh, uh, thing is grownups Ups. all the links are at notion And, and again, just making YouTube videos and our YouTube channel now has just tons of stuff ranging from hanging out with nieces and nephews and just saying, what do you guys want to do? Cool. We're turning that into a movie now. We're going to do it in about an hour because that's about all the time you have before kids start either getting too excited or too angry. And and then whatever, edit together for them, add some effects. Check it out, kids. We made a movie uh, up to uh, uh, we do this uh, finger puppet theater every year where we were at an art store one day, me and my, my friend Tara. And uh, they have all these finger puppets of famous historical people, almost said creatures, uh, creatures like uh, Shakespeare and um, uh, Andy Warhol and other people whose names I can't remember. But I'm just like, I don't know really know anything about these people. But suddenly we just had this idea where it's like, what if we just did the most kind of half-assed finger puppet improvised show uh, when we go, go home from the art store? Like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, well, who do we pick? I'm just like, I think an Andy Warhol would be funny. And then, but she was like, well, I think doing an Andy Warhol would also be funny. And I was like, well, you know what? Two Andy Warhols has got to be the funniest thing in the world, especially if we don't explain why there's two. It's not a cloning situation, kind of act like they're brothers. And we just made up a bunch of stuff to the point where, whatever, let's just go home, we'll have fun with it, see what happens. It starts about them being talking about art. And we watched a bunch of documentaries, actually, about Andy Warhol, so it encouraged us to, like, learn more things uh, because you don't have to f- stop learning, you know, in elementary school and then be that grown-up thing. Uh, you can just do whatever. So, like, at, at a certain point, you know, it's, like, five years later or whatever it is, and it's like, all right, like, I guess we got to film a Christmas special, right? Yeah, we definitely have to film a Christmas, spe- Christmas special. And either I head down to Tara's place or she comes here, which is like three hours away. Uh, we set up like a, a dollhouse or, or a set in some way, and and we'll we'll basically come up with five or six key points to like these these six scenes, if you will, of of what the overall arc of the story will be, and then see what happens. And because of the way Tara is, she's all about murder and uh um dexter um silence of the lamb style uh intrigue and just slaughter and i'm just about like hey let's try to find peace and harmony amongst all of these characters and and she's just the the most the, the best worst instigator and we just we just play like we literally we just play and it it took years and years of it being the curtis and tara show it being dear internets it being all of these things until one day it was like well what are we doing um and i was like i don't know it's either um apocalypse here and now or no such thing as grown-ups apocalypse here and now i think is funny because um you know it's always kind of the apocalypse there's always something terrible happening so you might as well live your best life like the world's gonna end right You know, and also Apocalypse Now is a famous movie and then it's always good to, you know, uh, wordplay, right? And my titles are too long. And then the other one was like, or no such thing as grownups because I just adamantly believe grownups are fake people and everybody else is an adult who takes responsibility for what they do. They try to do things that entertain themselves and others um, in a positive way. Uh, And and they aren't just out to, uh, I don't know, conquer and or have blank, whatever that is. People just need to have. I just got a haircut and had a long discussion with the haircut and lady uh, about how uh, uh, I want to say right next to her apartment building. Lady gets into a cab. uh, Suddenly a guy with a mask runs at the cab. He jumps in the back, pulls a knife to the lady and is like, hey, cab driver, give me all the money. Excuse me, give me all the money or I'm going to stab this lady. Cab driver bolts. And for a second, I'm like, oh, that cab driver's the worst. That's the worst. Like, I definitely would have given them the money. I would have done everything as the cab driver to save this random person's life. But then I realized, wait, where do I live? Oh, yeah, trailer park boys land where people get crazy ideas when they need rent and it's cold and heating your home is expensive, etc. Dare I? Like, no, I'm gonna be a good person and not assume everybody's evil. But she's like, but you know what? They brought the dogs and they followed the scent of this guy right back to the house where both of them lived. So it was all just a setup. And blah 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 blah. Like, well, yeah, the, the that's cab what driver and do.
1: the the attacker.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they were just in cahoots. It was just like the the guy with the mask. That was his girlfriend who got in the cab, and they were just trying to make their rent. And in their eyes, it was like we came up with a plan the same way that I wake up in the morning. I'm like, all right, I want to make, um, I, I don't know, like whatever, my, my Velociraptor toy uh, try on different hats. That's a dumb plan. It's a stupid, stupid idea to wake up at 9 a.m. and go, hmm, I'm going to eat some crackers. I'm going to eat some cheese. I'm going to have some juice blended up into, uh, from, from fruits and vegetables. That's a healthy, good choice. You know what else goes with this good choice? taking a little dinosaur action figure, taking a bunch of Lego hats and stop motion animating them so he's trying on different hats. And I'll grab some other Jurassic Park characters, I'll have them look at him like he's crazy, and not feel like a crazy person. Like, t- to me, I'm just like, that's a cr- those are crazy person thoughts, those are what a crazy person thinks I'm insane, but the worst thing I'm doing is playing with toys. As, as an over-30-something uh, uh, man in the world. Uh, but this other person, like, that was their same thing. Like, I need rent. I want food. I've spent my money either um, uh, frivolously or I was as best as I could. I organized my money, and this is me at my best, and I just can't do it. So I got I to gotta get ahead and... Um, you know, TV books are full of great ideas on how to rob people. I'll just do this. We'll just do this. Worst comes to worst. I'll pretend to stab you. You act stabbed. But I'm sure these people, you know, weren't improv wizards coming up with extra avenues where they were going to go. It was just, we'll, we'll go that far. And, and like I said to the, the haircutting lady, um, yeah, it's like, it's the same as a dog. Like a dog doesn't want to eat a couch. It just, it will eat your couch, it will destroy the couch, it will seem like that's the thing it's into, but it has zero interest in couches or wrecking couches. It just has no idea what to do with itself, and it doesn't have the ability to Google, hey, Google, uh, give me some ideas of what I should do, or, I don't know, uh, join an Etsy to come up with a, a hobby of crafts to do, or something like that. And, uh, and yeah, I almost segued into it for a second there before I... I uh, almost let you talk before but yeah how you're just like who's your inspiration um comedy wise and one of my biggest biggest even though it's very late in my life is todd glass uh almost i want to say retroactively uh just because a few of the stories he's told i'm just like okay yes he did it he did it and his old stories are like hey listen you know like Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a decent house. I I live well. I'm not, I'm not well off. I can't afford to do whatever I want. And he would often talk about this boss that he had that would walk around with, um, with a handful of nuts of like peanuts or cashews or whatever, like some kind of expensive nut where he's like, this guy could just jiggle nuts in his hand and just pop them into his mouth whenever he felt like, like, that's what he did. He just kind of wandered around, um, and he could afford to just, you know, hold, snack food and eat them leisurely it was like that's what i'm going for it was like i want to be able to afford like a tour bus and i want to be able to afford to be a guy that kind of walks around and and everything's kind of taken care of i don't have to worry too hard he's like but that's weird rich people stuff he's like i like where i am but you know and i think he is in at that level now where he can kind of do whatever he wants but um but just to be you know, to be able to be Todd Glass without feeling like, oh, I got to prove it's okay to be Todd Glass over here. Like, it's okay to be Todd Glass. Like, don't give me this. And, uh, um, yeah, one of his first, first stories, or one of his first, one of his first stories that affected me the most was, he was like, I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to do comedy. And they always say, like, you got to go to these open mics, but those are hard to get to. You got to introduce yourself to the person. You got to do this, do that. And it was like, this is my same problem. I can't do those. Because you gotta go down there for like weeks in advance and and meet the people and then make them believe you're gonna be a good stand-up person. Like, I don't know if that you know, in my head I'm just like, that's not what it'll come across as, even though most people say, Do you do stand-up? Like, I'm just trying to have a normal conversation, lady. (laughs) Like, this sounds like material, like, nope, just how my brain works. And um and because of how my brain works, I can't convince myself to to do that weird introduction thing where it's like just let me go on the stage and then take me off halfway through if you want. But I'd rather you just test me out there or listen to the other 9,000 things that I do that are basically the same thing. Um, but yeah, and his was like, yeah, you go to the laundromats, whether there's a comedy night or not. Uh, but the biggest one, he's like, I had a Jeep. I got a Jeep. And I would I would back up. Like if there was a good group of people who looked like they, looked like they could use a little show, they looked like audience material and he would back his jeep up to these group of people at the beach and uh throw down the back of the the jeep flap thing whatever i'm good at car knowledge and uh, and he would have big speakers there and he'd go around uh and uh have a microphone set up it's it sounds like you know since the days he was like 20 like the first money that he spent was on having sound gear to amplify himself i'm like yes that makes sense. So I started like buying microphones. I have so many microphones and I don't know that much about microphones anymore. Um, But because of those things, I'm like, he just did it. Like it's definitely like it is a, it's a, it's a sport. It's an entertainment field that just involves kind of talking at people. So it's like, then just start talking at people. That makes, that makes sense. And the same thing I would tell, Students or or whoever uh, art wise that would come to me like hey, how do I get into TV? I want to do character designs. All right. Well show me your character designs Well, they're all still in my head like well then nobody cares You don't do character designs if you want to be a character designer You just do it whether somebody's paying you or not you just character design until you are the greatest character designer If people start stealing your stuff Awesome, that means your stuff's worth stealing go after those people you get their jobs that's how the world works now, and and then under that same thing, where it's like, well, nobody's gonna call you up and say, hey, time to do a podcast, time to do a YouTube channel, time to do a whatever. Um, could you know again, like, could you please grab some action figures and do a weird action figure theater, uh, and then put it on YouTube? Like, nobody's gonna ask anybody for that. That's an insane thing. Plus, there's a billion people already doing it on YouTube. So um, again, like, just just start doing it and uh, I don't know like the the more Todd Glass stories I, I started hearing about Todd Glass the more it even it even reinforced uh, the the ability to do um, I'm gonna say less art based comedy. Um, again like hearing of it, whatever stand-up comedy like it's happening all around. Uh, where, I, where I used to live before I ever tried it. I'm like, I can't, you know, I, I didn't go to school for it, basically. That's, that's my understanding of the world was always you go to school for something, you learn that trade, that skill, you do that thing. I learned animation. That's what I'm stuck with, even though it's possible to do all the things if you can afford gear. And before the the world of iPads and phones and computers being able to do everything, it was just like, well, that's it. You do what you can do um and uh and now it is like oh i can do anything i want so why not do it and in the in the uh it was a zach galifianakis story about he didn't even know who todd glass was at the time and like now they're friends or whatever but they were all in this lineup basically to go in for an audition for a commercial and Uh, Zach Galifianakis is, you know, let's say the next person in line or three people back in the line and he can see Todd Glass doing his audition and the director guy is like, all right, you know, whatever. Can't remember the product or or the thing, but let's say it's potato chips. All right, pick up the potato chips. You take a potato chips, you know, uh, mm, these are some great potato-tastic potato chips. And, you know, Todd picks it up like, mm, these are some potato-tastic potato chips. And the guy's like, no, 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 like, more like, you know, you just finished one. Like, oh, yeah, these are some, no, more like whatever. And then after, like, the third or fourth one, um, he was like, you know what? It seems like you know exactly what you want. So you should be the one to do this then. I'm not going to waste my whole life trying to be... This thing that sells potato chips, like, this isn't my life. This is insane. And uh, he was like, yeah, you get the job. You get the job. Like, congratulations, you're wasting everyone's time. You get the job. And he leaves. And Zach Galifianakis turned to the board where everybody has their pictures. And he took Todd's picture off the wall and folded it up. And he was like, he had it in his wallet for years and years and years. Um, and uh, and t- would tell the story until, like, you know, eventually meeting Todd. Like, oh, my God, you're the, that guy. And Todd telling that same story later on where his version is, like, in my head, I realized, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing right now? Like, I am bending over, you know, I'm trying to break my brain and twist myself into this thing that this guy is asking for when I don't want to sell potato chips. I want to do stand-up comedy. So I should go and spend my time getting gigs. I should go be I should go sign up for the the open mics. I should go do all this stuff instead of doing this. Like yeah, I might lose some money, but I'll be losing my money in the right direction. So if and when stuff works out, it'll work out for what I want to do instead of getting good at selling chips. And, you know, in my my head at that time, I was thinking like, yeah, I don't want to get really good at animating uh, on this children's anime uh, TV show about kung fu, and I'm trying my best. I'm trying my, I'm trying so hard to get good at drawing on this show, animating on this show, and I feel like I'm doing really good stuff. But it's exhausting, and it's taking all my energy, and it makes me not want to do anything else. When it's like, oh yeah, I, I'm doing this so I can afford the time to do my own things, not so that I can get better at fulfilling this specific companies needs to make this TV show that I'm honestly never going to see. Uh, not because like I, I'm not going to make the effort but because it's like it's on a channel that I don't have in a country I don't live in. So I'm I'm literally only making this for somebody else. And I'm the kind of narcissistic person that is like my Instagram is 99% for me and 1% for everybody else. And same with my YouTube channel. It is so that I can go back and look at these things and be like, oh, yeah, one day I thought it would be a super great idea uh, or me and my friend or somebody thought it would be a great idea. And I said, I'll do it to, I don't know, come up with our own prepper show or animate a weird thing about hoarders uh, or, or any of those things that, um, you know, in my head are just like, I know that it's a dumb idea, but I'm not costing anybody time, money. Or, you know, again, I'm not stabbing anybody or making dinosaurs, so so why not do that? And, again, it's just like, well, who who, who, who died and put you in charge of having fun with your own life? Like, well, Todd Glass had a heart attack, but he's still alive. And uh, even when he had his heart attack, he was like, guys, don't wait till you have a heart attack to do the things in your life. And so many comedians, like, I feel like that are enjoying their career. That is how they talk. Uh, whereas when you listen to... Um, I want to say, uh, Doug Stanhope, is that who I'm thinking of? Uh, but there's a few of those types of comedians, um, that, uh, that not that they're not funny, they have awesome material and whatever, but uh, the underlying, um, pain of it is still like, ah, uh, this is still your, you're so angry at the world that, uh, you would probably enjoy a lot more of these things if if you looked at them a little more like Todd glass, uh, cause you're both actually kind of, you're in the exact same ballpark. You make the same type of money, but one of you looks at it as as, as you're struggling and the other one looks at it as if you were the king of the world. And, uh, I don't know, like how many years ago that was that I started trying to think more like that. But I'm just like as frustrated as I get every day at my job again, with just like clients just saying, Dumb things like, "Hey, I'm 12, and I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Can you completely change this thing that you've worked 20 years of your life to get good at?" Like, y- "Yep, I sure can, 12-year-old, because you're still right. You're still the client, um, but because of this, but you know, this job. What's what's great about it is, it is, uh, you know, at least one or two feet uh, from hashtag hammock life where I can spend my time." Doing things like again, like going and setting up a, a gallery show, having a a, a a stream about drawing pictures, drawing dinosaur heads on things, and uh, and just any of those things. Like even now, it's like oh, like I actually could start doing. Um, open mic type things again if, if there were those in this town but there isn't at the moment so now I'm actually waiting on a pricing list to come so that I can set up my own show where I'll have some people come in um, because again in in the in the dream of doing stand-up comedy of just talking in front of an audience like years and years went by still I'm like I just I just still don't get it i don't understand i i, I don't write jokes I just And I don't think it's observations either because I still just write a little story usually about the thing I want to talk about or it just automatically storyizes in my head. Um, But, yeah, eventually my my friend was like, hey, yeah, I'm doing putting together this comedy night. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like I'm in. Um, Cool. And I never did it before. So I wrote a whole, you know, five minute show, whatever it was, it was supposed to be. And, you know, I was like, all right, cool. Threw that away. Basically wrote another one. Awesome drew that away and wrote another one and i'm just like um okay i don't know what to do it was like i no matter what happens i'm just going to continually come up with something different until four seconds before i start talking on that microphone and that's what i always do and i'm aware of it but i still need to write something are you a new dm are you an experienced dm doesn't matter listen to dms of vancouver for great dming advice Finally, the night comes and, like, this is insane. I, like, again, that thing, it was like, why? You know, just because I had this stupid idea of telling a story or, you know, a few stories to these people that, what are they even expecting? This is for Christmas. This is their Christmas. They spent Christmas money on this to have a special Christmas event. Am I going to ruin it? What am I talking about? I'm going to talk about building a boardwalk with a guy who stole my bike and was blind. And I think it's a really funny story, but... This could be a very upsetting story for some people. Oh, I don't know. This is everything everything seems like a mistake, right? But again, Todd Glass goes on Doug Love's movies and he doesn't know what's going on. Like it makes him seem extra funny and extra insane cuz he's like I just I don't know, Doug. I don't know what's going on. I'm not keeping up with what everyone's talking about. And mm-hmm. and that thing, like that is one of the other things I strive for where it's like, oh, for so long Todd Glass got to use Twitter without using Twitter. Like, he would call somebody, leave them a message, and they would type out that tweet for him. And he was like, it's not that expensive. Like, I just have an assistant. Like, I'm not, again, he's still, this is him not living in rich person land. This is him still just being mediocre success. And I'm like, that's amazing. I can use my own Twitter. I can put up my own podcast. Like, I can do so much. I'm like a wizard compared, like, again, no offense, Todd Glass, if you, you, for some reason, you listen to this, I feel like I'm a technological wizard uh, compared to t- Todd Glass, but he has so much more experience in just doing things and getting things done that it's like, uh, I, I'm too, I'm too hands-on, I too need to, to do it myself a lot of the time, but to get to that weird level, that's, again, none of it's a level, it's just, just doing the thing that you do without stopping yourself from doing it. But, uh, but yeah, I went out onto that stage right before my friend Tim was like, all right, somebody dropped out, so you can do like seven minutes or ten minutes if you want. I'm like, all right, good, because this is either going to be three minutes, and I'm going to talk really fast, or it's going to be, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know, like 15 minutes, and, but I'm, I'm going to do my best to pace myself to not, you know, I, I don't know, I'll try, okay. And in my head, I was like trying to stretch a little bit, and I tagged onto a story Tim said when he introde. So I was like, well, I can't just come up here and ignore that he said that. So I talked about that for a minute and just talked about Santa Claus and replacing him with Batman and getting Batarangs for Christmas. And people were really laughing. And to juxtapose with, I was in the audience, and no offense to the other comedians, but there was, I want to say, like five of them, or eh, maybe seven. And uh, only really one of them got laughs. And everybody else was was uh, say lackluster. They didn't have any energy. Maybe they were worn out by Christmas. Maybe they were sick. Uh, but some of them straight up were just reading from either a piece of paper or their phone, and they weren't looking at the audience. Like everything that I that I learned about in communications class that got me to finally start talking in public, they weren't doing. And I'm just like, this is insane. This is insane to me. And I'm like, but they're professional. Like they get paid to do this. I am, you know, I will, I'm not getting paid to do this. This is an experiment for me. And I went up there and I'm just like, okay, just forget it all. Just have fun with it. Just act like I'm talking to my friends and telling them a story. And there was this one guy in the audience that was literally like just beating the living shit out of the table, banging on the table, like laughing so hard, like red faced. And I'm like, this is, I you know, like the sense of power that like courses through you, like, like You know Skeletor and the Masters of the Universe uh, movie, uh, just just like this is oh like this I shouldn't have this I I'm not prepared for this this is going to get real out of control real fast and and it it I oh it fed me and I gorged on it and I just so I I just elaborated onto whatever I was just saying and I'm like anyway guys I got to be honest. Just talking to my ass right now. I have actual material. I have a story that I prepared. It's true. And I wanted to tell it to you. Here's the actual thing I wanted to tell. I'm sorry if it's not actually funny. And what I just did was funny. But I still got to do what I came to do or else my brain breaks. And I go and I tell this story about working on this thing uh, where we're just kind of doing we're students doing random chores basically uh, to to make money to go to college. And there's this guy and he, he, I don't know, he seems like he has problems and at one point he's like looking around for the the saw and he's like, Curtis, man, like you couldn't help me find the saw. And I'm like, Steve or uh, Jeff, um, it's right there. Like it was the, the only thing he was looking at. He was almost touching it. He was staring right at it. I was like, it's right there. Like, in front of you, he was like, oh, sorry, yeah. And then he basically kind of admits to me that he has a serious drinking problem. And I'm like, okay, like, all right, like, that's rough. He's like, but I'm working on it and this and that, but I don't think I'm that bad. But, yeah, like, my eyes are a mess. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I guess it's rough uh, being young and having a drinking problem. Plus, I think he, he had some other, like, physical issues. But I don't know. I don't like to pry. And uh, that's not really the funny part of the story. So then we go back to this kind of little shed area and uh, I rode my bike there because I don't live close and they kind of live, I'm going to say across the road, but across the road is actually like a three lane highway. So Jeff is like, Hey, I'm just going to grab your bike real quick and just head home for lunch. And I'm like, um, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to take your bike. And I'm like, no, I kind of rather you wouldn't. I don't, and I don't know how to say, you know, no, you just told me that you have a drinking problem and I don't want you to, or you're having like seeing issues or whatever this is. So I I don't want you blurrily driving into the highway. And he was like, anyway, um, don't worry about it. I'm taking it. So, and he just takes off and his cousin is somebody else working on this thing. And, uh, and again, like I had funnier things we've woven into this story. Um, but yeah, and then she hit me basically. She's like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with me? He just, everybody just saw he stole my bike. He's bigger than me. He's older than me. I didn't, you know, I was just robbed and you're mad at me. And she's like, well, he's blind. Like, well, he's what now? He's legally blind. Was like, he told me he has a drinking problem. I was like, he's also a liar to cover up his blindness but he is legally blind and you just killed my cousin. I'm like, Oh God, I didn't, I know I did. And should we run after him? Like, no, he probably made it. He's pretty good at this. Like what? This is like, this is my life. This is my life. This isn't just something I made up, whatever. Um, So anyway, I just, I told that and some other things and I just kept again, just feeding on, on how much people were enjoying these weird, like colloquial tales of, of weirdos thinking uh, horrific things are normal. And then I'm like, all right, anyway, I should stop. Uh, hopefully I filled my time. It feels like I just blurred through that real quick. Like, I'm sorry I talked too fast. And as I went down back to my seat, I looked over my friends and they kind of flashed their hands uh, twice, like their, their fingers to go 10-10. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Uh, and I was like, 10? I was like, I only did 10? It was like, I did 10 minutes? Like, perfect. Oh, God. Or are you saying I was 10 minutes short? I, I only did two minutes? Like, what What are you talking about? And then finally they leaned over. And was like, that was 20 minutes. Like, 20 minutes? Yeah. O- oops. Oops. And I looked at Tim like, sorry, I didn't mean to take up your whole show. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, that was great. It was really funny. Um, you know, I'm going to go up next after this next guy. And, and yeah, again, like, no worries. Everybody else either did too short and they weren't funny. So I didn't feel bad. Uh, but again, like... The not feel bad was so good that I'm like, well, now I got to do it again. And uh, then, you know, went, moved to a little town or went back to my little town. and was like, well, same deal. I got to start my own show. So I just did Todd Glass style. But again, very discouraging because it was just, it's in the bar uh, or the pub. People are, are busy pubbing the way they do. And they're just, they're taking over. So I'm like, ah, yeah, this is so hard. I don't. I don't want to ruin their night. They didn't come here specifically for this. I am in a place that is designed for just pub people hanging out and telling their own stories to themselves. But I'm also like, guys, you know, like everybody shut up. It's my turn to take over this whole pub for an hour and a half or an hour or whatever it was. And um, at a certain point, I'm like, all right, you know what, this is fine. You know, these drunk girls in the corner, they're doing their own thing. I'll kind of try and focus towards this, these handful of people on the right side and, and made it, you know, made it still fun for myself. So that in the end, again, it was like, yes, like Todd Glass rules apply. Like I had fun. Therefore, it was fun. I didn't waste my time, my life, my energy, whatever that was. It's like, hey, and I made like $7 because it was just like, hey, buy donation, pay what you feel um and of course everybody's like i'm just going to spend my money on (laughs) booze and uh but thanks for the stories like yeah that's fine i just you know want to keep trying this stuff out and see what happens and then again like accidentally get a job as a teacher and uh in that same universe of oh i'm just pretending that i know what's going on and trying to keep these people entertained while getting them to ingest information Um, that they will remember and and it was just like i'm just having fun with the students and some days i do just get to monologue about stuff or while they're doing something somebody will ask a question it's like awesome i have a story about the animation industry that is about this how it can be both easy and difficult and here's one about a crazy person who came into our our life and uh you won't believe it's true but it is and and again like that kept fueling that thing where just like ah like these captive audiences if I could just, oh, just you know, once a week have a have an audience that's just there specifically to hear silly versions of what the world is about to me, um, that would that would be the ideal thing. And um, in the in the old days of uh, comedy and everything else, uh, the podcast where I found out Todd Glass was a thing, uh, just literally randomly picking podcasts out of the air back when there was, you know, only a few hundred. Um, and that was one of those starting podcasts. And it was like, uh, sometimes they'll have somebody funny on this that I really like. But I really like this Todd Glass guy. I'll, you know, I don't know. And I would, I would unsubscribe, resubscribe. Again, mostly because it would always get very political. Because uh, it was also host, hosted by Jimmy Dore. Who, again, not that he wasn't funny. He was very much clearly wanted to be a John Stewart type of uh, a comedian and Todd Glass doesn't, you know, and especially at the time was like, I don't care about the stuff. Is was like, but I will give you my metaphorical two cents version of what you're saying. Like allow me to um, ex- explain to you, Jimmy, what I think this means. And then you tell me if that, that works or whatever. And sometimes Jimmy would be like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Todd. And sometimes he was clearly frustrated, like, oh, Todd, you don't get it. Like, let me just talk about this. Like, this is just important. And Todd was kind of like, you know, no, this is about the con. Like, we're supposed to have fun with it regardless. And, um, and but still, it was like, I'm not giving up on this show, even though it's still kind of getting very heavy into political stuff. And it feels like Todd and Jimmy are having a falling out. But I don't know. I still believe. Uh, so one day, Jimmy was like, I want to, I want to animate some stuff uh send me an email and maybe i'll get you to animate some stuff so i sent him an email and i'm just like hey i'll be that animator person you randomly suggest uh recruited on your podcast and he said awesome so he called me and i'm like oh my god like i'm calling uh a, a comedian that i listen to like who lives in la who cohorts with all these other people who's a friend of todd glass todd might be there in the room so no matter what he's talking about, all I do is ask, like, so is Todd there? Did Todd do this? Did Todd do that? I had no idea, like, during these phone calls was when him and Todd were, again, I forget what happened or if I ever figured it out, but when they had their, again, falling out or, you know, their manager suggested, you guys just shouldn't hang out together, you always end up fighting. So I was designing this character to, for uh, these Tuesdays with Moron segments that uh, Jimmy wanted to start doing and uh, so he sent me all the audio and he was like all right so i'm doing like basically a phone call and you'll have me in one side and this moron character on the other side and he had a very specific idea of he wanted uh, i drew that and he was like all right he's like that's exactly what i asked for he's like but now that i see it i want something completely different and i'm like yep that sounds about right and got to a point where i'm like all right he's happy i kind of don't like what it looks like now but that's fine he's happy uh all i have to do is is animate the lip sync on this and have this hillbilly talk to Jimmy uh, for like four minutes, and the only problem was it wasn't done. Like his audio, he's like, "All right, he's like, I still have to figure out the audio." He kept always says things like, "Hey, like I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner, so you gotta, you know, I, you know, I always forget about things or whatever." Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why you gotta write things down so you can be a responsible stoner. Um, but he never ever sent me the 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 end. Like it, he never finished it. So I have this like four minute video and I was like well here's what it looks like now do with it whatever you will I guess I don't know I was like if you want to send me the rest of the audio that will be amazing slash hey is Todd there does Todd see it what did Todd think about that other animation I did of you guys like years ago just for fun huh anything nope he asked for my address to like hey I'll have Steph send you some free stuff that never happened and now he does basically just do full-time Jon Stewart style um, hey, this is so crazy that that's that's the joke. I don't even need to make jokes about it anymore. I'm just doing the news. And again, nothing against him. He seems like a nice enough guy. Um, but yeah, I felt completely crazy because I'm like, oh wow, like I'm so close to this like kind of reason that I I keep jumping into new projects because I can. like I can. Todd's, you know, again, he's written books and he's like, I barely I can barely read. I have to get somebody to help me do all so many things and it's like, yeah, yeah. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to try. Blah blah blah. Bling 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 blah. Uh, you don't need a specific reason why. And uh, uh, I don't know. That's that's like forty minutes of me talking straight.
1: It <laughs> was some good segues. You covered pretty much pretty much all of my questions and uh, into the tug law stuff as well. Uh, and it it's all actually pretty cohesive message there uh, with the. No such thing as grown-ups.
0: That was the point, because there's no such thing as grown-ups. Like, Todd... Todd living how you want to live. (laughs) Uh,
1: Uh, I did want to uh, talk about your book you brought out recently. uh, Oh, yeah. The Sexy Book of Sexy Dinosaurs, Volume 2, I
0: think. Yeah, there's there's the Sexy Book of Sexy Dinosaurs and another Sexy Book of More Sexy Dinosaurs, I think it's called. Or just another Sexy Book of Sexy Dinosaurs. But that's mostly what my stream... Is is yeah me drawing uh, like I'll just find reference material. A, a good chunk of both of the books is uh, '90s, '80s, and even some con- you know new stuff. But like references to like I don't say Flash Gordon, uh, David Bowie, um, Superman, excuse me, um, superheroes, whatever bodies, and then different dinosaur heads. Uh, my stream right now is mostly. Um, uh, leaning towards uh, a sexy book of sexy insects, which again, same same premise, uh, pinup style art uh, done with markers, usually watercolor or pantone markers. Um, but uh, but yeah, finding other classic or pinup style photos of men and women, and uh, and then yeah, giving them dinosaur heads or now insect heads, and I put them together into two books. One is hilarious. Uh, because it has, like, three facts uh, on each dinosaur, two of which are straight, like, from the internet. I rewarded them in my own words, Um, but just basic. Again, I can't promise they're facts, because stuff like that changes all the time, but um, mostly like, hey, uh, whatever, T-Rex was this tall, and uh, Brontosaurus probably ate this much. And then the third fact, though, is just something I straight up made up, um, for example, uh, one of the dinosaurs is like the Justin Bieber in his underwear uh, photo with a Gallimimus head. It's got like two Gallimimus facts. And then the third one is like a, a pop sensation or something like that. Uh, like the Gallimimus, Gallimimus was a pop sensation, but it actually refers to the whatever the, the artwork is from. And others are just random, just completely made up things like enjoys buying records uh nonsense but some of them are I think are super funny and some of them are just so dumb I think they're funny but mostly again it's just the ability to hey uh one day I accidentally turned this person's head into a dinosaur and just kept going with it and uh and thought what if what if what if I just had fun with that like that is something I like doing people are out there doing furries and and I don't know horses' heads on things well, why why not do this like and, and again, well, now I have a bunch of them. Why not do a book? Um, I have the ability to do that. I, I can use the internet. I can look things up and make my own books and ship them out from my own apartment or have them go through Amazon, whichever I, I prefer. Uh, but I happen to like being able to draw on each book first and, and personalize it before I send it out. So I usually have them shipped here first. And then the second book is each dinosaur has a quote that I made up um, you know, I wouldn't say inspirational some of them are mildly inspirational but mostly they're just crazy non sequiturs or they're again related to the the body that they come from the second book for example has um, most of the people from Jurassic Park the first movie with dinosaur heads and the Jeff Goldblum Tyrannosaur I think it is, or not Tyrannosaurus, Triceratops um, he is saying something about how uh, reptile DNA always finds a way to kill you with dinosaurs, something like that. Um, but again, some of them have nothing to do with the person. They're just, I think this is this is clever and, and I'll put it there. And uh, and yeah, same deal. I have two uh, books of poetry called Sometimes I Rhyme. They're all available at nosesthingersgrownups.com. Again, both of them illustrated, but still just for the most part, nonsense. Some of them very... Sad, and I, I just genuinely keep forgetting that in these hilarious books of hilarious poems that are kind of Dr. Seussian, um, you know my, my Dr. Seussian view of the world. Like I'll go sit somewhere sometimes and just try to write the funny version of what I see. Uh, whereas yeah, one is is straight up about uh, how Dobby dies in the Harry Potter series and just how sad that is, where it's like you don't expect it. It's, you know, he just seems like a kind of a dumb side character that, you know, he's not really that important. But when Dobby dies, suddenly it is like, oh, he was like the most important character in this series to me all of a sudden. And my world is destroyed on a Sunday afternoon. This is bullshit. And uh, and again, like, you know, a bunch of my friends have this book and they'll have a party and uh, I'll be told after the party or I'll be at the party um, and some girl uh, will look at me <laughs> angrily <laughs> and then kind of, like, walk away. And then I'll look around like, I don't know what just happened, but I think I upset somebody. And uh, that particular one was like, oh, um, I told her uh, she was reading your book. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then she got to the Dobby part or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's way too sad for a party. She was like, and then I told her that you did it. So then she just looked at you. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And we're all a bunch of weird, uh, socially anxiety nerds. So of course she didn't say anything. She just turned and walked away. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's a few really sad things. Like like there's one about like my dead dad mixed in there, um, and uh, and just just some very you know my my dead cat that I miss very much, and just about just the most saddest version of these things. So it's like again, I'm not promising that it's a comedy poetry book. It's just a book of rhymes i'm you know i'm not even i barely want to claim that it's poetry i'm like i don't even understand what poetry is i just like to rhyme and then i went back and drew pictures for all of them and uh and that's again like ever since ever ever since um i want to say grade like two or three you know is the first time i remember really sitting there and having the teacher like gathering people around and opening these big giant like uh like one foot by two foot storybooks I mean, you know, there will be normal-sized ones, but the teacher would have this big version, and there were, no offense to the artist, kind of crappy, sketchy artwork that um, I'm just like, I could draw like that. Like, I can already draw that good for sure, and I, I still couldn't. I, I didn't understand why my weird fuzzy mop creature didn't look as good as their weird fuzzy mop creature, but there was still a simplicity that I'm like, this is definitely doable, Right. And ever, literally, since that day, I was like, I want to do that. I want to make these books. And then, you know, I go home, and it's like Mr. Dressup's on. I was like, I want to be Mr. Dressup as well. Um, Specifically, like, again, no offense to Mr. Rogers. He's the greatest, nicest nicest guy in the world. But uh, Mr. Dressup was, you know, our Canadian uh, staple growing up. He had puppets living in his backyard. He would sit at a big easel and draw a picture for people. And uh, other than the fact that I do the exact same thing with cartoon characters uh, that I react to, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm doing. I am just earning combing my life uh, into uh, Mr. Dress Up Land, except again, like I'm super not into costumes, but everything else is like I want to talk to the picture on the wall. Uh, I, I want to have, you know, things behind the counter to do weird crafts with and, and pu- like and I do have a closet full of puppets to be completely honest I have a closet full of uh, Barbie clothes and uh, weird smashed about bar- Barbies and one that's been turned into uh, alien like a, a Sigourney Weaver alien Barbie hybrid uh, that I do have a short film of that uh, I genuinely last weekend started signing up to put it into film festivals but the more I look at it the more I'm like this wasn't meant to be a real film this was just a dumb joke that got out of hand Uh, And that's what most of my things that I do are. They're all just like, oh, this was just the machinations of seven-year-old Curtis that suddenly he took control. He realized that I don't need to, uh, I don't know, whatever. Like I don't need to go to H&R Block and sit with all these other dregs of society hoping for this refund uh, uh, so that I can... uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like more grown up things, like so I can buy a new briefcase, so I can impress the people at the office with my uh, American Psycho business cards. Uh, like I don't need to. I don't need to worry about those things if those things don't concern me. I like having business cards. I do have business cards, um, but I don't. I don't need to do those things. I do my own taxes. Uh, it's terrifying. It probably takes me three times longer than going to get my taxes done because I have to triple check it. But it makes me feel a more like a child because it's like this is insane who does this uh, except for weird grown-ups but um it's definitely more like no i'm taking responsibility before myself because when i used to sit at h and r block with the real grown-ups i.e fake people they are just like oh you were pretending so hard that you never you don't even know what taxes are you don't even know what you're doing right now right and, and the, the truth is, no. And I'm like, well, I don't want to not know what's going on. And again, thanks to, uh, you know, my friend Tara also being more adamant that it's just like, you know, you're right. This is stupid. We should just do this ourselves. Like, whoa, 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 wait. That's not what I meant at all. I'm just saying this seems too easy uh, because our h and Block guy is the stupidest guy in the world. We are definitely as smart, if not smarter than him. And then it's like, yeah, we'll just get that program and do it. And now it is just like you just log into the the government and do it. And as long as you know a few things, again, whatever. I don't want to talk about taxes. But the fact that it is like this is me being an adult and still making time so that I can play with my toys and draw pictures and tell stories to people instead of uh, now I'm dependent on this other, no offense, child that's pretending he's a tax man. Uh, to do my taxes when it's just like, you're just, you're just an idiot who can't wait to get home and eat peanut butter straight into the jar like everybody else here. So, so why, why do I keep pretending that outs are real? Again, you know, that day that everybody gets there, if you're young, you might not have yet. And if you're old enough, um, you, you've hit that day where you look at your, your parents, your grandparents, some, but some elder that you've looked up to, that you've always thought like if I could understand if I could only walk in their shoes if I knew what they knew like when I flick that switch when I cross that uh, whatever line that makes me a grown-up and they look to you and they're just like hey, man, hey buddy like I don't I don't know man I just want you I just wanted you to uh, do whatever you want and again to, uh, protect you so I always bought a big car so that you don't uh, you know get killed I want as much steel between you and all those other fucking assholes out there uh to protect you he's like that's it he's like call your mother um uh, my dad uh, is who i'm in person right now he's like i want you to call your mother and other than that whatever you want to do buddy like just do that like nothing else really matters he's like look at me look at me like do you think i know what i'm doing he's like i've been fixing cars my whole fucking life he's like because in order to drive a car you had to build your own when i was a kid and that's it he's like i wanted to drive a car like i just wanted to go somewhere I didn't want to go away forever. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just wanted to, I just wanted to go for a fucking drive, buddy. So I had to figure out how to get an engine off the ground and into a car and get it connected to all the things. And we did. you know, we were like 12, 14 years old and you know those cars didn't have brakes. So we had to figure out that all right, we have to hit the hill and stop uh, using gas at this point and uh, and then make sure you know we turn at this point so we can always stop in the bush. you know we had the stop in bush. Uh, because everywhere else was kind of uphill, so we didn't have to worry. We just had to park on an angle so the car didn't roll back and throw some blocks under it or whatever. But then at the end of the day, we just had to make sure to hit that bush. And, and, and it's just like that explanation of this is, this is it. Like this is your catalyst for your like The epicenter for everything that makes you you was, you know, I wanted to go somewhere. And I mean by somewhere, it's just like I wanted to go down the road to see my friends. And if you want to extrapolate that out to, I want to go to Europe to see, you know, uh, some European architecture uh, or, or whatever. It's just like, it's all the exact same equation of that's it. You just, you just figure it out, buddy. You just figure it out. And you do that. He was like, I always thought, and again, like if you know me, I am for the most part terrified of everything and I don't go out much. And you could see that definitely when I was a kid and I didn't talk to anybody. Like I didn't say anything until college, until I was forced to by my communications course and the teacher was like that was amazing I'm like that was the craziest dumbest thing she's like you you just gave a speech about yourself I'm like yeah I didn't know what else to talk about cuz uh, it feels like everything else is a lie unless you know when you say talk about what you know I only know my version of the story and that's what I did she's like yeah like that's what stand up comedy is and like are you telling me she was like everybody loved it. like you had everybody laughing It was like yeah that was just so people you know would laugh with me instead of at me because i'm so stupid right like no like curtis what is wrong with you and like she like really like that was you know my first todd glassing was this communication class of yeah no it's okay to talk like everybody's stupid and wrong you know i'm just teaching this class because because i run a business that deals with advertising that i just started. And, you know, now we're like, you know, that she was probably in her early 20s or whatever. It's like she was only a few years older than us. Like everybody is only uh, a a few skill levels above everybody else. They're not anything more major. And and again, yeah, just just, you know, having my dad lay it out that it is just you you figure it out and that's it. He's like, that's that's all you do. And nothing is wrong um, until you start doing wrong things with that power or whatever um uh, but uh, but yeah at the end of the day it is a magical world where on my phone i can i can make my toys come to life with stop motion now uh people can record anything like you can mix you can do so many things that it's almost stupid to uh, come back where we started uh to to go and spend your time robbing somebody to threaten to maybe accidentally stab your girlfriend at a chance at getting your your rent money from a cab driver who himself is probably just barely making his rent money because gas prices, etc. Like the 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 butterfly wing that breaks off the spider web uh, from that incident is just like only bad things come from doing a bad thing uh, for the most part. So it's just like if you sat there and thought the same amount of effort into getting the mask, jumping into this car. You know all of this if if i applied that to like yeah you got nothing better to do be the dirt bag that tells your dirt bag stories on on twitch 24 hours a day and if you do it 24 hours a day odds are yeah you that'll be the thing that you do and you'll make some money or i don't know offer to do some weird just as shitty job as robbing somebody for somebody that will get you you know a few bucks here and there like Again, if you're willing to do the worst thing, then why not do the best thing for yourself that, that you know, you're afraid it will be the worst, but it's like, well, it's still, again, it's the worst thing in the right direction. Uh, I had a saying there a while ago, and I can't remember. Failing in the right direction, that's what it was. I did a talk at, the, at a school there, and they were like, what's it called? I'm like, I don't know. What's my life about? Trying to fail in the right direction? Yeah, that's what I'm always trying to do, although I'm not doing anything Great. I'm not doing anything terrible as long as I'm trying. And even if I fail, I'm trying to at least fail forwards. <laughs> oh, man. Because there's no such thing as grownups.com.
1: Well, is there is there anything else uh,
0: you want to plug other than that? I don't know. Like, I didn't even think about uh, plugging the books. Like, that alone was like, wow. I got to tirade about that. Um Again, like, just be like, I, I don't know, I, I just uh, messaged somebody before this where I'm like, I'm going to be a guest on Doug's show it was like the last guest before me was Reggie Watts. Like, that's Matt, like, you know, the same as when people say, like, oh, I was on the same stage as so and so. Like, to me, it's like, I know that, you know, you're out there, you're hustling and reaching for these, these people. And, and although like Reggie wasn't on the phone for a long time, like, again, like he didn't know why he was being called or, or what was going on because you're dealing with managers and whatnot. And, uh, but to me, it's still like, yep, he was here. You guys had a conversation and, and again, he wasn't, I I don't know. I say that I feel like maybe it's disparaging Not that You know, he he clearly didn't know what he was calling into, but once he was there, it was still like, yeah, he's still on board and this is awesome. And it's like, I get to get on board that same boat. That's a nice sentiment. It's, it's nice Uh, to hear
1: very affirming for the show. Um, well, thanks for talking to me today, Curtis.
0: Oh no, thanks a lot. Like I said, like I don't know, I I, I love to talk too much. As it is, like uh, odds are I'll probably do my own podcast uh, later tonight, um, and mostly just talk about doing this. But uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, uh, I'm I'm addicted to just doing things, and uh, even all morning I'm just like, okay, just calm down and don't expend all your energy doing things. Uh, cause I, I just got a bunch of art supplies to, to rebuild some stop motion things. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I finished a commission and, and it's just all, you know, these things where it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm so excited about doing a thing that again, just like a dog, uh, and the couch I'm like, I need to destroy a couch right now, but I have to save that. Cause I have to destroy a couch later. Oh, let me just, let's just destroy a little couch. So I, you know, I went to the grocery store, I ran a few errands or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, uh, any chance to do stuff like this is, is always fun. And especially after listening to the show um, and hearing other people's stories about just, again, just their comedy interests and what they're doing. Um, I already can't remember her name, but it was, I think, two episodes ago. Uh, I, I want to say she was an animator. Or she's getting back into animation or she's making an animated show that you have uh, a voice
1: on. Megan Russell?
0: Yes, yeah, and uh, uh, all of that stuff was like, like every every few sentences was like, "Oh, cool, I can relate to that," and then like, "Oh, wow," you know, just just being able to have those moments. And again, it's just like I work with Doug, and and I'm having these, you know, moments of like, ah, oh, Doug was there for that uh, incident, um, and and it's I don't know, it's it's a it's a great feeling um, to to be able to be there. The same as uh, there was a period where uh, I, I was doing the podcast, kind of over Skype uh, with with my old, old podcast with Mike and uh, some people at my office who sat directly next to me started listening to it, and it was very, very bizarre because they would turn around, but they were listening to things from, like, weeks and years ago. There's one episode that's just a breakdown of every single horrific death of all my pets because they're all, like, horrific but still just insane to the point of funny. because It's like, who has these stories and uh and yeah they would turn around and just be like what you, what what are you even talking about and i'm like i haven't said anything for days what are you talking about like oh you're listening to me say things and now suddenly my my work friend uh also exists inside my head like they know things that i think now when i don't actually know them that well um and and also having them just turn and suddenly judge or just be like wow like that really happened like uh probably what are we talking about it's like I, I mostly don't make things up and when i do i try to be clear But i just made that up or it's it's so silly that it's made up but yeah there's uh, a there's a
1: reason i don't share this podcast around the office too much i'm uh <laughs> one of the one of the quietest people in there i think i sit in the back oh wow uh,
0: <laughs> so i find funny about uh about just you know it is an office full of a lot of people and how mo- most if not everybody has streams and how it is, you know, everybody's very professional, very workety work work. And then when you watch their streams for a minute, it is just the most swearing, the most <laughs> standard. Like, bro, I'm gonna kill you, bro. F and I can't even f believe this. Like, whoa, who who are you? <laughs> you were just like my business time boss a minute ago. Like now, now you're violence and uh And and again, that same thing. I feel like oh, podcast me. I think is is exactly the same as the way I always am. So other than you know work time i'm just like oh yeah remember stop talking just uh, say what has to be said then stop you don't need five more stories like uh, i just realized yeah like boyle on uh, brooklyn 99 or some episode uh where they were like just you know just give the basic answers and he couldn't not go into these weird stories i'm like oh god oh I'm, that's me oh that's the worst ah well just like how it's hey end of podcast and i'll talk for an extra 10 minutes
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Cave Goblins and check out what we're doing over on CaveGoblins.com. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. It's absolutely the best way to support the show at no cost. You can find this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere you listen. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Zeitgeist. I'm Doug Vandele. See you next time.